Hey, hey, welcome to Horns Up. I'm Animesh. I'm Peter. I'm Ravi. And welcome back to Horns Up, the one and only Steve Lips Goodlow from Anvil. How are you, sir? I'm doing okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what what can I say? It's like, uh, you know, I'm I'm doing all right. Mm -hmm. Getting ready to to go tour. uh, We've got a lot of... Tons and tons of work. Tons. And I don't call it work. I call it fun. That's a rhyme. Tons of fun. You know, we got uh, uh, over 100 shows coming up. So here we go. Here we fucking go. Um, just want to set the, set the record straight. Do you remember talking to us? We had you on episode number 53, that's way back in Feb 2020, thanks to your 18th album at that time, Legal at Last. Right. And two and a half years later, you've got a brand new album, number 19, Impact is Imminent. That's what right. happens when Impact is actually made? Well, it was talking about, it was basically about the pandemic. The whole, mm-hmm. the whole thing centered and focused from that point. Um and we're still dealing with the impact of that. Like, what did it do to business? What did it do to, like, certainly fucking wrecked my touring schedule. There's no question about that. So um, the impact was imminent. And it it still is. There's still lots of problems that are as a result. So, and then now we've got a war going on in fucking Ukraine. What the fuck? <laughs> That's just, just doesn't end, does it? Yeah. It'll, It'll end. never fucking end. No, it doesn't end. We, it's the human race. We like problems. We make problems when there isn't one. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Sad, isn't it? Sad, but true. Yeah. Isn't there uh, a song okay. for that somewhere? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm probably. I don't know. <laughs> So, you know, uh, I mean, uh, the title Impact is Imminent was quite interesting because I think uh, Exodus way back in the day had an album called Impact is Imminent. Did you? Yeah, and, and, how many, and, how many, and how many albums are called Heaven and Hell? <laughs> it's not an accusation. Hey, hey, it's not an accusation. I'm just saying, hey, some 41, you know the band some 41? Yeah. They just put out an album called Heaven and Hell. <laughs> okay, so it, 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 alliteration titles, no one owns alliteration. Okay, it's a, and it, they can be used over and over and over and over again. It doesn't matter. That's the whole purpose. That's the whole point. It's what are you saying and why are you saying it and how are you saying it and what's your what's the what's the cover? What's what's the point? What the, and yeah, it's Anvil's impact is imminent, not Exodus. Sure. Okay. okay. It's 41's Heaven and Hell. Not Black Sabbath's Heaven and Hell and not the band Heaven and Hell. Right? So there's lots of fucking lots of fucking shit like that. I, and I think it's a, a useless a useless a useless fucking point. You can mm. sit here and talk for an hour about something that means absolutely nothing if you want to, but to me it, it means nothing. It's just a, it's just a title of an album. So what? What's on the album? 
what is on the album. The two different albums, the two different bands. Two, one's 30, 30 plus years ago. So, you know, like, so what? So that's what that's what I got to say about it. <laughs> sure. Okay. So let's get on to what's on the album. I mean, uh, we, of course, heard the uh, first couple of singles. Uh, is it more or less in that vein? Are there a lot more up-tempo songs on it? Uh, what, what was the vibe like when you were uh, writing this album? Well, I think the record is filled with lots of different, lots of different uh, perspectives and, and takes on what, what we are. It's, uh, it's what they chose. It's what they chose right now to put, put as with singles. I don't even know that they're really singles. It's pretty fucking far-fetched to call Ghost Shadow a single <laughs> to me. You're not going to hear that on the radio. So what the fuck are we talking about? Um, you know, might as well call 666 of, uh, a single. It's the same kind of song or Winged Assassins. It's not a single. It's a song on the album. Are there other songs on the album? Yeah, there's, there's 13 other songs on the album. <laughs> are they all the same? No, they are not. Right. Hmm. That's interesting. So, you know, the the, the 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 whole point is is you don't want the whole album to be all the same. Don't wish it. So don't ask it. That's what I say. There's a there's an album, a new Anvil album, out there that has all new Anvil songs on it that sound hmm. like Anvil. That's it. Is there any more that people need to know? At this point, after 19 albums, I would say you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. That, that, I mean, that's what it is. It's another Anvil album. Is it, is it as good as the other ones? Absolutely. All of our albums are, are quite consistent. We're, we do Anvil really well. That's what we do. <laughs> that's what we are. And that's what we're going to continue to be. And what, we're, what we have no intention of changing that. Hmm. So the, the audience who buys our records are going to be extremely happy to know that it's still Anvil and that it, we have not lost our heaviness. We haven't lost our, our integrity. We haven't lost our abilities. It's more. That's what it is. But, but some, people might like, some people might like certain songs more than they have others. And that's fine too. But the bottom line is there's good songs on every Anvil album. Hmm. Okay. You know, you've got a song on there called Take a Lesson. And the chorus of it goes, won't you, won't you, won't you take a lesson from me? Don't you, don't you, don't you turn your back on me? Is this, right. is this, how cathartic is this song? Because it feels supremely personal. It's almost like, you can look at it as advice. You can look it at is, it as... It is, it is advice. Watch the Anvil movie. If that's not advice to music, musicians, what is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but why I does mean, it need to be given out? Ultimately, I was talking about my life, and I was talking about the assholes who told me I'm a fucking loser and that I'd never get anywhere and wished, wished me bad. It's like, fuck off and die. You know, that's what I got to say to the people who, who, who talked against me, who looked down at me. You go fucking try to do it. It's, it's an uphill fucking grind the whole fucking way. And that's, I drive enjoyment and fucking pleasure in doing it. 
If you don't like that, fuck off. Who cares? That's not why I do it. I do it, I do it to, for my own gratification, fulfillment, and for the fans of my band. I don't, I don't do it for the people who hate me. It's a fucking waste of time. You're never going to get them to like you anyway. So what's the point? So what do you do? You write music and create music that your fans, that my fans want me to play. And that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I am doing. And that's what I have done. And what, what the song Take a Lesson is, is basically this is, this is the lesson that, you should, that people should learn. You do what you love. You quit what you hate. And that's it. And you ignore the stupid things that people try to tell you about in negativity because people, people are jealous. Hmm. Mentally speaking, when you have any kind of success at all, there's always people who want to take it away because they aren't successful. They aren't willing to do what it takes to get anywhere. But the first thing that they're do, they want to do is point at you and say, you, you are no good because that makes them feel better because they're not doing anything. So this is, these are, you know, it's like people will always tell you what they think you should do, but it's really easy when you're backseat driving on a, on an easy street. Yeah. Go straight. Well, there's mm -hmm. no other way to go. Opinions are assholes. Everyone has one. They know. They know. Right. But, but talking about, talk about lessons, right. Um, and you talked about like, 19 albums annual fans would know what to expect every album for you probably is a completely different experience so what did album 19 teach you that you had no idea about earlier okay i don't i don't know what you're asking me did did working on album number 19 teach you anything that you didn't know before no hmm. no that's very interesting no no, but all the knowledge that I've learned from over the years helped me create that the best that it's ever been. It works the opposite way. All the experience, I used all my experience and knowledge. And, and what I've, if I've discovered anything is that I've discovered that I've got, that I've got all the knowledge and the experience that I need to be able to do it all by myself, that I don't need help that I don't need to depend on the other musicians in my band if, on any level, if, if I don't, if I don't, if I don't see it necessary. And I think that that's come more into focus for me per, on a personal level than, than ever before is, 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 is having the personal knowledge and confidence. And one could say confidence. Yes. Confidence. I don't need to ask. I don't need to ask anybody what their opinion is. In other words, if, if, if I'm impressed, it's probably good enough. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, the insecurity of having to be, uh, to ha having to ask. I think that that's another, uh, another major thing for me that that's changed in a positive way. I don't, I don't need to hear anybody else's opinion to know whether something's good or bad that I actually believe in, I believe in my own, my own judgment. And that, that's a great place to be. It took a long time to get here. 
but doesn't that like go against the concept of what a band is supposed to be which is a collection of musicians no no okay that's interesting there was a, there was, there was a time i would agree with you mhm there was a time that i would agree with you and i would agree with you because more most most of it is not having the, not having the internal confidence of i'm going to fucking do this and you know what the real truth is it's been there all along and i've asserted it all along <laughs> okay i've been the boss all along and taken all the all the fucking responsibility whether i was trying to pass the responsibility to everybody and what has has happened is i've come to realize that that at the end of the day i answer for everything so why am i asking somebody else what they think and when everybody thinks it's all for me anyway so what's the fucking point so you're saying well what about the group effort well what i found and this is this is the truth and you can argue all you want with me but fundamentally if i come in with a with a with a with a set of ideas and that's how the song goes and you got another musician standing there going hey let's put this in there well you put that in there and you wreck the song mm. and i got lots of wrecked songs <laughs> that that's how i look at it in 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 hindsight because i hear a bunch of parts that didn't need to be there and the only reason they're there is because the other musicians who who requested it to go there are 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 having you put it there for ego purposes not because it belongs so no does it it's better to have one person's perspective that's pure and uninterrupted than to have something that is is a conglomeration of people's ideas and it's all over the place and it is not as is not pure and is not as good a song that's what happens to it that's actually the truth then isn't it just better to hire a bunch of session musicians and tell them hey here are the parts play them no because session musicians will never never be able to play as well because they they don't know they don't know the feel of the band mm, okay there's a sound there's a sound that each each musician creates that creates the sound of that band so no you need you need a 100% consistency on that level but you need their their parts you know writing is different than than the accompaniment okay so the ultimately what 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 i have learned i am the lead singer and the lead guitar player of this band in other words my part is the main fucking part why am i why am i asking somebody else to write my part only because i don't believe that what i'm doing is good that's not a good thing that's mm-hmm. not good. Okay so th- 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 this is what the differences are. So now I come in with a with with my part completed top to bottom presented to the other two musicians they write the accompaniment to my specifications. Mhm. I need this to go there. Please play that. And son of a bitch man these are the best songs I've ever I've ever have a, had us do them the most fucking 100% consistent they don't go all over the place you don't get lost in the middle of them they're they're concise they're to the point nothing nothing is off the 
off the fucking rails. There's balance. There's there's uh, variety. There's everything that it needs to be. Sure. And the, the accompaniment is being done properly because you're not adding things or changing the original idea to break up the, to break it up and make it incohesive. And that's what happens if, when you when you when you use a multi a multi, multiple people writing, you're going to get incohesiveness, whether you want to or not, because no two people think of things exactly the same way. Very very mm-hmm. few. So as soon as you start adding those things, if they're not completely 100% in line, it sounds like you've stuck something in. And that's, these are, these are the reasons. These are the reasons. And people can, you can, you know, sometimes it works in a, in a very positive, positive way. But the thing is, when you talk about, about band efforts, well, band efforts, I can understand when you've got a separate singer from a separate guitar player, then it has to be two guys. But when the, you've got one guy, I don't have to have an argument with myself, <laughs> right? Yeah. That the singer is talking to the guitar player. is right here, all one guy. <laughs> so th- that's why I don't need, I don't, do I really need the interjection of my bass player on top of, on top of that when all I'm really concerned with, I'm not concerned about the accompaniment of the song. I'm concerned about the song itself, Right. So I don't need somebody who normally just does what is supposed to go on in the, in the song. You don't ask him, hey, man, should I change the verse and make it like this? Why am I asking that question? I'm the one who's singing. Is it going to work for the vocals? You need the answer from the singer, not from the bass player. You follow what I'm saying? It's yep, who absolutely. You, who are you consulting with and why? Yes, there's a reason if you if, to to consult my bass player about about a piece about the way that a piece of music works, and I'm the one who sings doesn't make sense, and that 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 goes to, to be said about about the drumming as well. So what what is what is Rob's what is Rob's contribution to to this, and why do I give him royalties? Well, he comes up with all the fucking titles. Mm. Comes up with all the fucking titles. He hears the piece of music, goes lips. Why don't you sing about this? And he gives me the title, and I go, "Yeah, that's fucking cool." And then I write the lyrics to that title. But without the title, I don't have anything to write lyrics for, do I? So sure. you've got to know what what the contribution is and what what you're looking for, right? So that's a, that's a that's a thing, and you when you ask about isn't it better to have a group of guys? Yes, it is, but they also have to have their specific role in what that is. You don't ask you don't ask your drummer to come up with the riff. You ask him to come up with the title. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. He doesn't he doesn't play guitar, but he speaks English really good, <laughs> right? Right, absolutely. I, and he's got a great, a great, a great fucking um, disposition as far as this, as far as being able to pick up on on sayings and and whatnot. That he has a great a great recall on, or or has a, a great artistic sort of imagination and being able to put two words together that sound great, like fire rain. Like why fire rain? But you know what? That sounds good. I like that. So I use, I use, I go, you know, like it wasn't my idea 
to come up with the title Fire Rain. It, Rob gave me that. Well, what's Fire Rain? Okay, well, maybe it's asteroids and fucking shit falling from the sky. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Write the lyrics. Sure. You understand, you understand what I'm saying, right? Yeah, Lips, while you talk, uh, I'd just like to talk a bit about the lyrics. You've written about an amazing range of subjects. Uh, I don't think there's anybody else who's covered, uh, you know, deadbeat dads, annoying GPS systems, Al Capone, Japanese monster film characters. Uh, what's your songwriting process like? How do you pick your lyrical themes and how do you come up with the uh, lyrics that... Uh, well, generally, you know, generally, I'm looking, I'm looking for the, the sound. Mm -hmm. does that fit the the mood of the music does it fit what the lyrics are going to be about that, that that's that's really the parameters of it you're looking for the right sounding thing and where do you decide on it it's usually the things that are in and around you that 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 pique your interest and then you go for it like i don't know why i wrote az85 we started talking we got into the whole Al Capone thing. And for some reason, just the way that the riff, A-Z-85, that sounds good. Okay, we're going to write a song about Al Capone. And A-Z-85 was his, that's Alcatraz number 85. That's That was his cell number. Yeah. That's, that was his... You know, so what was that about? So, I mean, it, it, it's, it, it's what fit at that particular time. And that's, that's what drives that, you know, um, you know, songs like love me when I'm dead. Um, and what was that about? You know, well, it's, it's about a lot of things in with, with humanity. We, 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 uh, we seem to show our, that we care about somebody when, once they're dead, we never show yeah. when they're alive. <laughs> which is a, a, a pretty bad thing, you know, and I've touched upon that a couple of times in my career. Uh, we have a, a song off uh, the absolutely no alternative album uh, called hero by death. And that's mm -hmm. also the same, same world about not being appreciated until you're dead. Like let's, let's face it. And whether anybody wants to admit it and I'll say it right loud and I'll say it real clear motorhead were almost every big major band's support band. But they were never the main guys. They were in their own little world and in their own in the smaller in the smaller venues, but certainly not the, the, the bigger arena uh, shows that 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 they played support to let's say Black Sabbath or to or to or to uh, or to Iron Maiden or to whoever whenever they played their support positions. But that doesn't. But what I'm saying is, Lemmy passes away, and he's a bigger a bigger star today than he ever was. Yep. You know, that's the ultimate legend, and you can even say that about Dio. Dio never sold out. Thank goodness, and bless him, bless his heart, and let may he rest in peace for eternity. For, over that he did it all for the right reasons and in the right place in his heart and everything it wasn't about selling millions of records it was about creating great music and that's the same thing with lemmy these guys are that's what makes them so great did they sell as big as iron maiden or fucking metallica no they did not and that does not make them less 
And in a certain way, it makes them more. Because without their existence, there wouldn't be, there wouldn't be a Metallica. You know what I mean? Like, come on. <laughs> how do you, how do you, you, you need something to, you need something to plant the seeds. And the, the bands that plant the seeds are never the ones that are as successful as the ones that take it to the top. And taking it to the top is all about, all about public acceptance. Mm-hmm. and public knowledge it doesn't mean that it means that you're a great player or that you're a better band than the others it doesn't mean that at all it just means that you're more popular that doesn't that doesn't mean anything ultimately what you just said do you think do you think that will be anvil's legacy would you like that to be anvil's legacy it already is i'm never going to be a big seller not not because not because my music isn't good enough I never wanted it to be. You get what you go after. You know, John Bon Jovi wanted hit singles. That's what he did. That's what he wanted. That's what he got. You eventually you get what you go after. That's not that's not what I'm going after. You know, Dio c- could have done that. He had the choice. He made the choice at a very young age. Before before even joining Rainbow, he he decided I'm I'm doing rock music. He could have been fucking. He could have been Engelbert Engelbert Umperdink or Tom Jones. He had the voice. He had the knowledge, the ability. No, I'm going for rock. And when he joined Rainbow, and Rainbow was gonna okay, we're gonna do we're gonna do a love song and a fucking ballads and shit. And he went not with me in the band. Bye. I'm not going commercial. That's not was that's not what was in his heart. So he made his own band. He made own deal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then joined Sabbath at the end of the day. Also, never sold out. It's not what it's not what he was about. Thank goodness, because God, I mean, that doesn't work like that. And let's face it, does it work for metal? I don't think it does. Another example of bands making a left turn to try to make money is Judas Priest. Judas Priest doing Hellbent, uh, doing their their Turbo Lover album. Yeah. Yep. I haven't listened to Judas Priest since Turbo Lover, and they're never going to get me back as a fan because you know what happened? What happens? This is what happens. You show that face that I'm in it for money, and that's it. That's what you're in it for. You're never going to convince me otherwise. And that's as brutal as that sounds. It's it's how I perceive it. And that's everything. And I'm not the only one who feels that way. So, yep. you know, all their backpedaling with, with Ram It Down and, and everything that they did after Turbo Lover never brought me back, even to this day. Not even Painkiller? Yeah, no. I'm sure. No, not Painkiller. <laughs> in fact, in, in Painkiller fact, pain pain was even, probably one of the albums that I really became enraged over because it was doing too much way too late mm-hmm. that's interesting. Yeah. you're the guys who you innovated all this and now you sound like you're copying it ah uh-uh. yeah also the uh, the uh, drum part the painkiller ends with sounds suspiciously like the drum part that mothra ends with you know the oh they are they same producer same producer okay the same producer. Mm. They even used they even used Anvil in one of the ti- the titles, right? 
<laughs> between the hammer and the anvil, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there, there's one ending. It's like you, well, you guys, you went and listened to Metal on Metal and stole the whole ending of Mothra. Uh, great. <laughs> no. Um, no, they did. They never got me back. They never got me back on board. I haven't been. Uh, sadly. I, I can I can say that they they lost me and never got me back. Where on the other on the other side of that, Motorhead, mm -hmm. I love everything. They never they never went off track. They never they never lost touch with their audience. They never did things to tailor themselves so that they sell more records. So they get my hundred percent following from from day one to the to the last day so th that that's that's how i feel about it but people people who who, who show the show their 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 uh in uh, i guess i guess loss of loss of self-belief then you lose belief in them and mm. to me judas priest started trying to, to went out with bon jovi I mean that that was a real big turning point, and I could tell you I could tell you exactly how that played itself out for me. Uh, we were playing a show in uh, the capital of Canada in Ottawa. Okay, and uh, we were playing a, a, a fairly substantial, decent, decent show. Uh, we had four nights and the whole weekend, and Judas Priest came to Ottawa with Bon Jovi as the support band. Mm -hmm. Now this was probably 1985, maybe 86. So it's just after we had met Bon Jovi, and the guys in Bon Jovi found out that we were playing in the nearby club, and they all came down to the show. And they said, "Listen, we're playing tonight. After you finish playing, one, you know, we're playing here tomorrow night. Maybe you want to come before you go on stage. You can come see the Judas Priest and and Bon Jovi show." He said, sure, we'll, we'll come. I went to that show. And, of course, Bon Jovi went out, and they were Bon Jovi, and that's all well and fine. Uh, nothing, nothing negative about that. They make no bones about them? About being and the then Judas, Judas Priest come out, and I'm like going, what the fuck am I seeing? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're all dressed up in this, in like poser, poser leather, like, a fancy really um chick they looked like chicks with dicks you know what i mean it, it was they lost all their manliness <laughs> and then rob halford's doing the frug you know what i mean like he's he's <laughs> dancing you're dancing dancing really and they're doing all this fucking lame fucking shit it's like oh my god i i can't believe it's like you got a stiff fucking heart on, and now it's a limp dick. It's like you're never gonna fuck it. You're never gonna fuck her with that. No way. <laughs> See ya. And that's how I felt about it. And they're never, they never got it back to me. I've never been able to fucking, never been able to pick up the pieces and see them in a different light than seeing Rob Helfer dressed up in multicolored leathers and dancing, like literally disco dancing. It's like no, you don't do that. And call yourself Judas Priest and say that you're metal. You don't do that. 
Mm. You're competing with John Bon Jovi's audience? Really? You guys are two different worlds. What are you doing? So and then in this to me, not to me, it's like all your integrity. You just flushed it down the toilet. I don't believe you. I don't believe you and I don't believe in you. That that's how it made me feel. And I've never been able to get it back. Okay. But that, then again, the, the contrarian point of view to this would be in this day and age, if you don't get other people, and what I mean by that is if you don't get the other audience, which is not your audience, but if you don't go after the other audience, how else do you grow? You don't, you grab your audience. You don't get greedy. Greed spells crap. Hmm. And we'll have an audience that we've been playing to since day one. And we have never stabbed them in the back. That's and, that's, and that's it. And that's all there is. And you don't fucking go hunting for John Bon Jovi's audience if you're an anvil. Because all that you'll do is you'll say goodbye to Anvil's audience and the people who like Bon Jovi aren't going to like you. Period. And that's what happened to Judas Priest. The jo bon John, John Bon Jovi's audience didn't buy into Judas Priest. They never will. Because let's mm. face it, Rob Halford does, is not as good to look at as John Bon Jovi. <laughs> he might sing better. He might even, they might even have better songs. But he don't look the part, and he never will. And that's that's it. That's it. That's all. That's the way it is. You can't change the way you look. You shouldn't be changing the way you sound. You know, it's like a, you can expect. Would you expect the Motorhead to start selling like Bon Jovi did? Like, come on, really? You know, it's not like it's not like Lemmy couldn't get laid. But let's face it. The lineup for women, uh, women at, at to, waiting to get get a look at Bon Jovi in person is going to be a lot bigger than the lineup that Lemmy had waiting mm -hmm. for. It's just the way it is. It's just what it is, and it's how it is, and it's it, it's it. That's it. You know, you are who you are, and you got to you got to be happy with that and be grateful for that. And any anything beyond that, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? What's your motivation? And if your motivation is all about money, fuck off, go away. I don't, I'm not interested. That's not what, that's not why you do music. Why you do music is the same reason that the Rolling Stones have done music for over 50 years because you want to. And that's what you do. Not because, not because you're doing it to make money. You're doing it because that's who and what you are. That's why you should be doing it. And that's it. It shouldn't be, uh, you know, hidden agendas and shit about and greedy agendas. It's bullshit. I don't agree with that. I don't, I don't go that way and I never have. And, you know, you know, people going, Hey man, you guys didn't make it like, like Judas Priest or, or like, or like Iron Maiden. No, I never sold out. I never did a turbo lover, never bothered, not interested. I'm like motorhead. If I'm if I'm trying and aspiring to be like anything, I'm trying to be like Motorhead, a hundred percent consistent to who and what I am, and that's what I am, and that's who I'm gonna what I'm gonna do, and that's what the Rolling Stones have been for 40, 50 years, no problem. 
They're still the same band that wrote wrote fucking Painted Black. End of story. They, did they write Painted Black because they were looking to sell a million copies? They wrote Painted Black. It sold a million copies as a as a result, not because they wanted it to. It's just the way it, things are. Right place, right time, right band, right right combination of musicians creating the right piece of the music. That's it. It's not about greed or 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 steering it or doing it on purpose. It's 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 what you naturally are. You know, John Bon Jovi got up one one day and he has got a perfect set of teeth. That's what he was born with. You know, he was born with the ability to, to give love a bad name. What the hell? <laughs> what he does comes natural he's he's not he's not contriving it or making it up or fucking Mm -hmm. or 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 being greedy about it it's what he is it came natural it you have it's what you are is what you the results are not what you can become or make it into it's it's what you are what you naturally are is where you're going and that's that's it if you want to push the limits of that you can try but you're not going to. You're not going to all of a sudden wake up and I've got Bon Jovi's got Bon Jovi's set of teeth. I don't. They're crooked. See. <laughs> yep. And I am who I am. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's it. You know. And, and I don't. I'm not going to be greedy about it or fucking stupid. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. If anything, I'm gonna really focus on what I am and make it the best it can possibly be. That's, that's what your job is. That's what it should be. And that's what it, what it is. How is it that you keep doing what you are doing at, at your age? Because it's like breathing. It's like breathing, man. That's who you are. Being, you don't stop breathing. I'm tired of breathing. (laughs) How do you get tired of breathing? You got to breathe. How do you get tired of writing or being yourself? It's what you are. You know, people go, where do you get it from? It, it's not a question of where. It's it's who you are. That's what it is. You, you, don't, you don't question that. It's what it is. <laughs> like, it's a natural, a natural thing, you know? There's no such thing as a dry spell as a musician. Like, can you stop yourself from thinking? You know the little voice in your head? You ever ever try to make it shut up already? And all you can hear is yourself going, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. But you still hear it saying shut up. So it never shuts up. We are what we are. Okay. That's it. So, so, so I needed to hear that. Thank you for saying that because I needed to hear that at this very moment. Well, that's right. Be happy that you, your brain doesn't shut off. It shuts off when you die. And, and until then, keep talking, keep working, keep doing what, everything that you want to do. And don't question about where it's coming from or think about it stopping, because thinking about it stopping is thinking about your death. Do you, is that what you want to do? No, it isn't. You want to survive. You want to see tomorrow. You're thinking about new things you can do and new places you can go and not more p- people that you can meet. It's about living for for today and tomorrow that's what it's about so no where does it come from it comes from god himself if, if you want to believe in god that's what we are we're human beings as long as we're alive we're we're creative and wanting to be creative and wanting to survive another day 
You, you got a person laying on their deathbed and they're going, just, just one more day. It's always about the hope for tomorrow and for more. And that's what, it, what, what we're all driven by. It's, it's human, human existence. It's survival. It's, it's a main fire in every, in every person that's alive is to continue and survive and come up with new things and have a new day tomorrow. That's what we're all about. So okay. you, can't, you can't say why. You know why. It's part, why. Why do you want to get up tomorrow? Don't you have things to do? Did you have children that you don't want to see what happens when they grow up? Don't you have a paycheck to pick up at the end of the week after working? Don't you have a, a, a something, a desire, a, a dream, a, a, a goal, something you want to buy, an experience you want to have that you haven't had? It never ends. It's the human equation. That's what it is. I mean, that's the reality. That's that's the truth. That's truth. Okay, I, I have to. You have to indulge us because I really like the opinions you're bringing in. And uh, in 2015, actually, you ruffled a few feathers in interviews where you kind of agreed with Gene Simmons about rock being dead. Uh, it's been seven years. Do you still the, the, the business? The business, as we knew it, is dead. Okay. As far as the attitude and people being creative, no, that can never die. Like I said, that's human spirit. That can never be abolished or, or, or die. It's, it's going to always be there. But the business, the way, that, the way it's conducted and all that, is long dead. But do you keep up? And the, and the, and the, the question is, how, how do you, you've got to create new business models and ways of, of, of moving forward. But it, it's, it doesn't mean that it, it, it's non-existent. It just means it's working in a completely different way. So he's not, he's, I still agree that as we knew it, the, the old era is dead. You don't make money from creating music. You make music uh, as an advertisement to sell your merchandise and tickets to your show. Hmm. Everybody screams now. Very few people are buying the actual, the actual copies of the CDs. I mean, it's getting difficult to find a fucking CD player. <laughs> think about that like what the fuck you want my cd well i've got nothing to play it on go, yeah what? my laptop right now <laughs> yeah, like, oh, doesn't it go in your laptop no they don't put cd players in they don't put a, a player in a, in a laptop anymore and i'm going what the fuck <laughs> you know so you know what do you what is what are the, what are you selling music isn't really something to sell anymore you listen to it, you, you can join a, a fucking listening group like Spotify or, or, or iTunes or whatnot, and, but you don't really own a physical, a physical, physical property anymore. It's, and why should you? It's all there in, in the cyber world. You can just click, you're listening to the song. I mean, for the most part, all my vinyl... All my CDs are all put away. I'd never, never pull it out. I haven't put a CD in the player in, in ages. I, I'm being honest. Yet they're still mm. manufacturing them, but I, I'm not, you know, have I listened to the CD? Not very often. Should it go back to you know, how it was? You, you can go on YouTube and find just about any song you want. So I don't know. 
is there any point in owning anything anymore? I don't know. That's absolutely that's that's absolutely correct. Should it go back to the way things were, which was basically musicians had patrons, and patrons made sure that the musician or the band continued to exist? You have to find other ways. That still exists, but the way that it exists is people come to your show, mm -hmm. pay, for the, pay for the ticket to get in, which ultimately pays the band for its expenses to show up. And then where the band is making its money is buying your T-shirts. And people buy a T-shirt way quicker than they'll buy the CD. Yep. And wear a CD. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you're wearing a white snake shirt, right? Yeah. How are you telling me that you like white snake? You're wearing a white snake shirt. I mean, if you're wearing a black shirt, I wouldn't know that you like white snake, would I? Mm -hmm. And that's exactly why T-shirts sell and CDs do not. Yeah, but I got a whole bunch of CDs are your own personal, your own personal private fucking thing. You know you have it. <laughs> And the only way anybody else knows you have it is you telling them that you have it, right? But when you wear a T-shirt, you are automatically telling everybody, I like this band. And that's what why people buy T-shirts, so that they can brag that they like the band that they're wearing the T-shirt for. They show their support. And not only do they show their support, they've given their support. They paid for that shirt. And that money went directly into the pockets of of, of David Coverdale. There you go. <laughs> well, it's the truth. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. the, 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 the bigger the band is, the more that the music is like, the more the people show up to the shows and the more that the more t-shirts you sell. And that, that, that makes you more famous and more wealthy as as a musician and that's the end of it you know where is your writing royalties virtually in the garbage you know you've got desmond child right the main the main writer for oh geez dozens of yeah dozens of pop singles and he's going fuck i you know i i i they i got 300 million hits on on Bon Jovi's fucking song that I wrote for him, and I only got 300 bucks. Well, that's what happened to royalties. <laughs> yeah. I wish I wish we had more time because we were just beginning to warm up. <laughs> that's what I feel. Honestly, I hope you feel the same way. Well, we're, 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 we're talking about some fascinating stuff, you know, how much we actually talked about what is Anvil and what, what we're up to is, I mean, that's another thing but uh let, let's just put it this way we anvil are, are going to be starting up on our uh our our tour which is basically two albums worth of material because the legal at last tour got got canceled away uh we were like three weeks in and then the rest of it got canceled so we went in and we wrote this album so we have two albums to go out and tour and we got over a hundred shows between now and christmas so most of the, most of that's uh, in the United States and through Europe, and then uh, in in probably in the new year we'll go to Australia, Japan, maybe South America. We've got a lot of work to do. You know, it's a lot of catching up, and in preparation for that, uh, when we came back in the in the fall 
from uh, from from do, recording this album, I came home and wrote the next album. So number twenty is already written. We just haven't awesome. recorded it yet. Because I knew, I knew, I knew that we're going to get so busy playing that I'm not going to have time. So that's why I did that. I had a good six months to get the work done, so I got it done then, and now I'm good and relaxed and ready to go rock. <laughs> Alrighty, final question then, Steve. Um, one song that we can play out to our audience. that gives them a taste of the new album which song and why that song i one of my favorites from the newest album is wizard's wand i'm not really sure why it's just one of those songs that everything that i wanted to do just seemed to magically fall into place and it's just very very cool i love i love the riffage i love the way that the singing works through the riffs I love what the singing has to say. Um, the whole feeling of that song is just great to me. It's I think that, that it's one of my more successful songs. So if I have a if I have a choice, it's probably Wizard's Wand. Other than that, maybe the instrumental Gomez. But you'd mm. have to understand why. <laughs> well, that's something up for discussion. maybe the third time we get to talk to you because oh. honestly we'd love to chat with you any okay, so time you have free all okay. right i'm going to get going really nice talking to you guys and thank you so uh, much no problem yeah. man you guys have a great a great a great evening okay uh, you do okay bye 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 and that ladies and gentlemen was steve lips Kudlo from Anvil. They've got their 19th studio album out. It's called Impact is Eminent. Eminent. I'm still reeling from the fucking conversation. What about you guys? Oh, it was amazing. I think uh, Lips is definitely a one of a kind individual, and you know, I think uh, his perspectives on metal and selling out and integrity wow amazing stuff there yep yeah man i mean like at one point the conversation i was like is this an anvil interview still right it was just all about like what metal was and what metal should be and i just love his anecdotes like that story of uh judas priest and bon jovi i was like at at one point i had no idea where this was going <laughs> Anvil is Anvil. Anvil is Steve. Yeah. No other words to say this. You know the you know the deets. You know how we wrap it up usually. Hornsupport dot com. Tweet at Hornsupport. I'm at Asmo Annie. I'm at Trend Crusher. Ravi still at home. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fuck all that. Just enjoy this song. This is what Steve selected. Here is Wizards Wand. Hear you guys next week.
Come on.